I've cut the sermon off my cuff and you're doing it. <laughs> I need a microphone, spare microphone. Excellent. This week has been bonkers. <laughs> Last weekend was bonkers. Last weekend, this is, this is a really weird thing. If, if, if you don't know about this and you may be watching on video at home or um, you're new to us this evening or you've not been around much here, weren't around last weekend. Last weekend we had no church in Barnsley. We were away to a thing called One Event. Come on. People from around the country gathered. Christians, churches gathered from around the country. And somewhere pushing 7,000 people gathered in a field in Lincoln um, just to celebrate what it is we believe. Celebrate Christ. And, and so, since then, when I've been back, so last weekend, you, you stood there in a crowd, and you look around, and there are thousands of people around you. Thousands of them. That is an amazing feeling. And then, this evening, you come to church, and there are dozens of people around you. Feels really weird. But today has been, so last weekend was phenomenally exciting. This weekend has been really exciting with church this morning and prep for it yesterday. This afternoon we've had a whole host of people all around this building. It's been Pride 18 in Barnsley. And so the whole area has been swamped by people from our community, all different types and different types of styles and appearances and, and dress sense and lack of. And, <laughs> and that's just church. And then they were all, all the best thing was... We got to be amongst them. I found that really exciting. As church, you know, what we are, we're not separate. We're in the world. We're not of it, but we're in it. And we got to be part of it. So it's been really full on. And it's really exciting. I'm excited about weekends for the next few weeks because uh, next weekend's it's actually going tomorrow. We're in Romania at a wedding, taking a wedding in Romania. And a brilliant wedding of Orthodox and contemporary charismatic uh, couple getting married in between. And the churches from both sides that are suspicious of each other. And, wow, that's going to be amazing. But dozens and dozens of people that are celebrating because of what God is doing. How special is that? And then the following weekend, we've got another wedding. How amazing is that? And then the, the, the Monday and Tuesday after that, I'm away to this amazing conference where churches from around the UK, every different Catholic, Orthodox, Contemporary, Charismatic, Methodist, whatever I can think of, whatever, whatever they're going to be there. Try and work out what God is saying to his church. Well, right now, what I want to say to you, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to us as a church? What is he doing? So here is a chair. I wouldn't have asked them, so they'd run off. I wouldn't have asked them to preach. It's all right. Here's a chair. What I'd love to do, if you were at one event last week, I'm going to ask you to come and tell me a little bit about one event. And just give me a few seconds. I don't mean a sermon. You know that, you know that thing sometimes on a Sunday morning, people can say, I'd just like to share this thought with the church. And they give me three sentences. And then I give them a microphone. <laughs> and some of their three sentences becomes my sermon, but slightly longer. Okay, we're not going to do that. You're going to give a short sermon. So who was at one event last week? Excellent. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 testimonies at 30 seconds each. That should just be about right. Excellent. <laughs> but first, before we listen to those testimonies, I just want you to have a thought. I discovered something this afternoon, chatting with We had the stand outside the TV and balloons on it and, and uh, a little flag. Promises of God hanging over us. People were very nervous to come up to the stand. And then I realized people would be very nervous to come to a church service. 
even though they're all around this building, and a group of young kids came in and sat next door. But just think of what they did. They entered this building, the unknown. People are very nervous right before something like that happens, right before a church service, right before making contact. What could happen? Today, people were nervous around the stand. And what I discovered when we had a stand out in the, with the other stalls outside at the Pride event as a church, people stood at a, dif- at a distance. They watched and observed. And every now and again, somebody would come a little bit closer, just have a little bit of a look. And then one lady burst up to us, a lady called Julie, and she burst up and said, I've been nominated by everybody else to come and say, who are you? What are you doing here? And what are you, what are you about? And I said, we're Hope House Church. Where's that? <laughs> I wanted to take it to the front of the building with a ginormous sign that's like as big as a street and say, it's here. She'd never noticed it. So we need bigger signs, believe it or not. <laughs> But it was fascinating talking to her. See, she didn't want to lecture. She wanted to ask a question. And she'd spent an hour building up courage to come and say, what are you? Who are you? Imagine the courage that takes to complete strangers, to come and ask something that could be deeply spiritual or deeply personal. And then she began to open up about her life. What an amazing woman. I really thank God for the courage that, that she had. And then there were other people that, that kind of looked on from a distance. And every now and again... One of us would be brave enough not to sit there waiting, but we went and connected. And actually, we didn't lecture, we didn't tell, we valued them. People aren't even sure that they could walk down our entrance hall. One or two managed it today, but they'd had a certain type of um, liquid encouragement. That made it just a little easier. But what if you haven't had liquid encouragement? What if you have had liquid encouragement? Imagine walking into a strange building with people you don't know. People aren't even sure if they could walk down the entrance hall into this place. And then imagine this, when you enter and walk in, it's like there's been a long journey to this point. See, the person that comes and talks to our stand, or the person that we spoke to today, or the person that entered this room, they've been on a journey of asking, questioning, wondering what is the church, who is God. There's no way you walk into a church wanting to know what the football result was. You walk into church because there's something happening. There's a question being asked. And people walked up to that stand and engaged in conversation. And, you know, the the conversation went this way. Am I valued? The bottom line of all of that is not about my lifestyle, not about what I do or don't do, not about what I look like or don't look like, not what I believe or don't believe. Will you reject me? Or will you, first of all, care about me? Will you matter? How brave is that? When you enter and walk into into this place after a long journey... Physical and spiritual. What is church? Well, actually, church, when we gather, it's a picture of preparation. Because every person in this room has had to prepare to be here. Every person in this room, at some point, is for the very first time walked into here. People have prepared to this point to discover what God could have for them. And I think that is hugely brave. So I thank God for every person that walked up to our stand this afternoon. And I thank God for every one of those kids that came in. And, you know, I hope nobody was thinking, oh, be quiet, be quiet. No, those people had walked into our church atmosphere. They'd walked into a place where we know the presence of God is, where we know we meet in Jesus' name. And you know what? They have crossed the threshold, and they have trusted us. However long or short a time they said they trusted us to value them. I trust that we valued them. They may look to people on the side, so you imagine walking into this place. I like to stand here when people come in late, and they look and they observe 
or some just go like that. But they look, they're observing people. Their focus is on the people around them because people enter into the presence of God, into the presence of his people even, with fear and with nerves. You know you walk into a new situation with fear and nerves. Jill will tell you before one event last week where thousands of us met, tell you what I do for the week before that? I get short-tempered. I get irritable. I don't sleep because I'm going to be meeting with thousands of people I don't know that will ask me questions, that will have an expectation of me. And I just think, I am not worthy to be here. I'm not good enough to be here. Who am I to be amongst all these people? And then for Julie and I, they put our name on a badge and sit us at the front, which says to me, apparently I'm supposed to do something, be something, have a certain aura about me. And I just look around up and down that row and I think, wow. Sooner or later, they'll work it out. And one day, probably next meeting, I'll come to the front and my name badge will have gone. And that's how I live. You imagine if you don't know Jesus yet. People would feel nervous and frightened. What if that person doesn't get caught up with those on either side of them? What if they don't worry about the people sat at either side, but begin to listen to the message, begin to hear the voice, begin to catch the atmosphere? See, the destination reached after all the preparation, when somebody walks into his presence, when the people came in and out and wanted to use the toilet. What did they walk through an experience? They walked through an experience of people worshipping the Lord. They were worshipping the Lord. There was a massive public display of emotion and declaration. Think about the words you sing. You know the fellas that walk about and they say to the wives, oh, I love you. I'm not saying it again. I said it at my wedding day. I don't need to say it again. <laughs> I've not changed my mind in 38 years. And yet they walk into a crowd of men and women like this and we're proclaiming love and care and surrender and commitment and passion, displaying emotion everywhere, a total declaration of trust in front of one another. You know, you, do you understand how amazing that is? Because you can't say this is like shouting at a football match. It's not. This is a declaration of emotional, spiritual commitment and love. It's a powerful thing. And they walk through that and see that. That must be a challenge. You can't ignore that. Christ is our destination. And actually, it's the destination for some of those people that walk up to a stand and say, who are you? Who are Hope House Church? What is it you believe? I know Paul and Sue chatted to some people that came in and they said, are the toilets to the right and to the left? And they said, don't want the toilet, I want to talk to you about who Hope House Church are. Do you know how brave that is? Then those people get to stand before God in God's presence while people like you and me make vows before God. We promise to follow him, we promise to obey him, we promise to serve him, we promise to be led by him, we promise to worship him. We sing those words in public. At that moment, people get to experience the prophetic picture of the church, the bride of Christ and its groom, the Father God, present, looking over it all, presence of the Holy Spirit. It's a prophetic moment of what can be in people's lives. There's a wonderful verse in the Bible that says, all things are ready, come to the feast. And, you know, Jesus tells that parable and he says, go and fetch people to the feast, bring them from the highways and byways, bring them to the marriage feast, just drag them in. You know, today we have the opportunity of standing in the highways and byways, standing on the footpath outside on Workley Street and saying to people, come and enjoy the feast. Come and enjoy the feast of God. You know what, your lifestyle and all this stuff, at this moment in time, let's, get, let's worry about all that stuff later. God can deal with whatever he can deal with and he can deal with anything. But right now, what you need to know is that Jesus Christ loves you and he wants to feast with you and to celebrate with you and to value you. That's what matters. 
So a person connecting to the church must be proactive. They've got to come to one of us and say something. So we've got to be proactive and connect with them and value them and love them. Not judge them, but love them. Love is proactive, and this is where Scripture comes in. It's not just me ranting. A person connected with the church then sees that life isn't random, but can be a choice. And just, by the way, before I expand on that, I'm giving you a chance to think about what your testimonies are when you sit there, all right? When I say, now it's time, I want you to all come forward at that point, make a row, give me a testimony about one event last week. Because I want people to hear. This is what God does. This is what people see. Ordinary people were brave enough to enter the presence of God, to enter and stand amongst his people, to gather in Jesus' name. These are things that he shows ordinary people. These are things he does in ordinary people's lives. Because I love you all. You are extraordinary, but you are at the same time completely ordinary. You are broadly normal. (laughs) A person connecting with the church then sees that life isn't random, but can be a choice. And so somebody walking through this room or entering this room for the first time or seeing one of us out in the street talking about who Jesus is and who his church are, they see that we have made a choice and they get to make a choice. And it's love in action. 1 Corinthians says this, it tells about love in action, tells about the style that God has. This is the way God loves. And it says this in scripture, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-serving. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That's massive. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And that's the love of God over our lives. Do you understand the promises that those things are making? That's the love of Christ. That's the love of God over our life situations. Where in there does it say, and God takes a look at us and judges whether we are good, bad, or indifferent. He decides what, it just says he loves us. And he walks the journey with us. And when we fall down, it effectively says he picks us up and continues with us. And when we get it horribly wrong, he can forgive us and continue with us. Because love is proactive. And he has chosen to love us. And we've got to be imitators of Christ. We've got to choose to love others. That is the picture of God's heart for all people. Now, I'm not bigger than God. So I can't decide that's wrong. The very least I can do is to seek to engage with people and love them in the way that God loves them. All the fixing, all the putting right, you know what? The Lord can deal with that because he's better able. He's better capable of understanding. He's better capable of understanding people's hearts and experiences, their history. The things that are motivated, the things that have made them who they are today. He understands. He understands. Scripture says he knew them in their mother's womb. So he certainly knows them today. Far better than I ever could. I can be the greatest psychologist on earth. I will not understand one person the way the Lord understands every person. So, we put them first. Love puts people first. We put them first. It's easy to get caught up in life and get our priorities wrong and get things mixed up and take other people for granted. But we don't want to take people for granted. Today, what I found is people wanted simply to be acknowledged. And when you acknowledge them, they opened wide up. I was amazed at the wide open conversations people had. They let it all out there because somebody, somebody specifically, actually, this is my testimony about some of the conversations I had. I guess there are many more in this room. But when you showed interest in a person and said, hey, you, you matter just to the person. I don't care about the stuff. Tell me about you. Wow. I was kind of privileged at the intimacy and the acknowledgement and the openness of people's lives. And I thought... Why are you telling me? Who am I? Who am I that you would tell me? You know, there's something 
in scripture that says the Holy Spirit is on us to be his witnesses, to empower us. And when that happens, there's something so supernatural, it's completely normal, natural. And we can just have a conversation and engage with people. And we can actually accept them and love them. And judgment and condemnation and perceptions and all of our filters can just drift away. And what we see is a person that Christ died for. And at that moment, I think people get it. They may not be able to express it or articulate it, but they know when somebody genuinely stood before them saying, you matter because you matter to God. What if that person we connect with feels valued and not taken for granted? What if we loved those around us like God loves them? What impact could we have in ordinary lives? See, I was amazed today at the number of Christians I spoke to who don't know where to go and where to turn because there are so many things heaped up in their lives they don't know what to deal with. It's not the church's fault. It's not God's fault. But they're wrestling with how to approach God. I want to tell you, when people approach the Lord, He loves them. You know what happened when the prodigal son ran to God? Uh, ran to his father. He went to his father with a big speech about how he would put things right and what he would do. And what the father did was run straight to that son and put a ring on his finger and a cloak on his back and said, my son has returned. I want to tell you today, I think this building was surrounded by prodigals. And I really believe there are many of those young people and older people, all sorts of people, that I believe the Lord is just waiting for them to say, I'm coming back so we can run to them. Our job is to run with them and to embrace and welcome them and let them discover who they are in Christ, what their identity is in Christ, who God has called them to be. This is the time that we're reminded that God has an ultimate love for us. The Bible teaches that there's no greater love than a man lays down his life for another. That is the example that Jesus gave, and he demonstrated it on the cross because he first loved us. Let's be those people that bring hope and love. Right, these are my last words, and then some, uh, come, and, come, and, come and line up for me. Come on, we started late, so we're going to finish a couple of minutes late. I've got one. One isn't a line. I have two. Two is a couple. I have three. I have four. I now have a line. I have five. Oh, my days. So we're going to finish at nine o'clock. When I said it's going to have to be a really brief one, I really meant it's going to have to be a really brief one. All right? Here's the great thing. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I hope these people are going to have this message. If it's not, sit down. Sit down if it's not. Isaiah 40, 31 says this. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I am excited because we have good news that says to people, there is hope and you can fly again. There is hope and you don't have to be grounded. In Christ there is salvation. In Christ there is a new beginning. In Christ there is forgiveness. In Christ there is a promise of a future. And the people lined up here, all at some point had to discover that they had hope in Christ. All of these people at some point had to approach this weird thing called church, had to approach this unknown person called God, this storybook Christmas time person called Jesus, and discover that it's not a myth, it's a reality, more real than anything I can touch, more real than anything I can remember, more eternal than anything around me. The truth of the love of God, the salvation that we find, the renewal, the, the life beginning now. In Christ, not heaven one day, but salvation today. So I'm going to ask these people to share their testimony, really brief. 
You don't have season there. It might be a bit high for short people. Short people can stand in front of it. Go. Um, Unlike Paul, I like being with lots of people. Um, So one event the week before, I was really excited. Fantastic worship, fantastic word. But it was the little things, and it was the family, church family things. So every day, we had our neighbours in the seats, and every day we got a present from one of the stewards who is standing in the line now. Um, It was Deb's. And um, we got sweets, we got apples, we got googly eyes, we got bubbles. Uh, what else did we get? Well, I was just concentrating on the yeah. Lord and worship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, in the midst of all those thousands of people, somebody thought about us. Yeah. And then yesterday, we received some flowers because we particularly supported somebody at one event. Yeah, that was brilliant. And it's the little family stuff. Uh, and I loved everything, but that's what Thank I... Thank you. Thank you very much, Joel. <laughs> so we're not preaching. And so that was a really fantastic small story. And here's another fantastic small story. Small. Tiny, 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 tiny. Hang on. It doesn't need lowering. I can get on it. There you are, Annie. Thanks. It's all yours. Go um, on. For the last nearly five months it has um, probably been the worst time of my life. Um, I went to the one event not really knowing what my future looks like, I guess. Um, but what God really spoke to me about was my trust is in him. And it doesn't matter what the world is going to throw at me. It doesn't matter what, how this situation is going to turn out. I know that my hope is in Christ Jesus, and he's got me, and he doesn't take us over, he doesn't take us under, he doesn't take us sideways, he takes us through things so that we can live out his purpose in life, and that's where we find true happiness. Thank you. Fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, um, like Paul, I'm not necessarily such a big fan of the, the massive crowds uh, all the time, but as Julie was saying, there was great word to focus on, great worship to focus on while we were there. But more than just that, there was connections, and there was connections with God, and just being able to take that little bit of time out of work, that time out of home life, to just sit and be still and connect with the Lord. And there was also connections with people that I don't get to see very often, people that I may only really see once or twice a year, but it was, it was just nice to get to spend time talking God with people. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes it's hard to know what to take away from these events because there's so much packed into such a short space of time. But I think there's two things, and I promise I'll be quick, Paul. Um, so you, I, you will. When I do that, it's I time to I'll stop. Okay, okay. <laughs> First thing is, it was an anniversary. It's a year at one event last year that the man who is now my husband became a Christian. Um, And obviously since then we've got married, seen him baptised, and that's obviously had an impact on him drastically and the whole family really. Um, The other thing as well is... um, I made a big decision also a year ago last year to try and get away from teaching... Uh, 
that's led to a messy year, but one event really confirmed um, that actually, though change is messy, it is necessary. And actually, the choices that I've made, though to a lot of people they seem silly and dangerous, they were actually right. And the evidence has come because I'm now on a diploma where I can continue training to be a counsellor. Brilliant. Well, mine's a totally practical thing. As many of you may be aware, for the past few years, we've taken a big van for the stupid amount of stuff that we take as a family camping. And we only go camping once a year. Well, this year, in that van, there were eight, maybe nine families or individuals' equipment as well. So just by being there, I know it gave the opportunity for at least 20 other people to to enjoy the event. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. That, that was a good testimony and the right length. Brilliant. Andrew. I might just hold on to this. <laughs> At the moment, some of you might know, I've got a big tumour in my left eye, which has left me partly blind. At the one event, I had lots of prayers. I'm soaking in prayers now. I've had the call to be a prophet, and I said to the Lord, I'm not worthy. But looking back, I remember Abraham and Isaac, they weren't worthy. That's my testimony. Okay, bless you, mate. Come on, Debs. This is Debs' secret phantom present giver. Hello. Um, the overall theme of um, one event this year was purpose. And um, actually, for a while, I've been sort of struggling to kind of work out what my purpose is. But um, at one event, we learned that, yes, we do have a purpose. Yeah but our purpose is part of God's bigger purpose. So whilst we are still kind of working it out, God's got it. God's still got his purpose happening. Um, I had the privilege of serving at one event as a steward, and it's fantastic. It's not what everybody kind of does, and meeting new people and uh, talking to people would... But little things like what Julie's just said and and just um, messages... You don't do it to get thanked, and, and but I can recognise that just by doing what I do, that God's enabled me to do, um, it, it blesses other people, and by blessing Brilliant. other people, it blesses yeah. me. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you. Go on, bud. Um, at Goo 2 this year, the theme was Toy Story, and I actually found out that in Toy Story there are some parts where you can, like, learn to connect and be a Christian. Fantastic. Very good. <laughs> you know, whenever you say to people, just come and give your testimony, and I don't want to know what it is in advance, it's the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> and as you've seen tonight, you now know why it's scary. But God's good. Can I have the band back up, please, if that's all right? What I want to say to you is, is that we are surrounded by real people living real lives. And as church, we get the opportunity to connect into God. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what we're going through, as Annie said in her testimony, what we're going through. Actually, that's part of the strength of our story. That's part of the strength because when we're going through things, we have to say to people, but for God, I wouldn't be here. But the Lord, I would collapse. But I know in Him, I have purpose and promise. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, written thousands of years ago but still true today 
still the experience of all those people you saw standing here, the experience of many people in this church and across this country, the experience of some of those thousands of people that met together last weekend. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. As we take a step towards God, he lifts us up. He lifts us up. He rescues our soul. He transforms who we are and our eternity begins now. I'm going to read a prayer. And this prayer is the prayer that we make when we commit our lives to Christ for the first time. When we say, I need, I need hope. I need to be lifted up and we need forgiveness. When we say, I need my purpose to begin today. And when we're saying to God, I can't wait for heaven. I need, I need you now. I need you now. I need to experience life in all its fullness today. So here, why don't we all stand together if we can. And then the band, because time has gone by a long way. We did start later. I'm just going to leave us in one song then we're going to close. And then we'll do tea and coffee and chat. Um, I'm going to go and pack my bag to fly off to Romania as soon as possible. Not packed a thing or I ain't been yet. But God's going to lift me up. And here's a prayer that we pray. Maybe you're already a Christian. Maybe you've been wobbling. Maybe you just need to recommit. Maybe you've never committed to Jesus for the first time. But just listen to these words as read them out. And process them. And say the amen in your heart, in your voice afterwards. And come and chat if you want to. And let's discover what tomorrow holds. And Tuesday holds. And Wednesday holds. And what your eternity holds in Christ. This is the prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I've done things wrong in my thoughts and words and actions. There are so many good things I've not done. There are so many wrong things I have done. I'm sorry for those wrong things. And turn from everything I know to be bad. You gave your life for me on the cross. Gratefully, I give my life back to you. Now I ask you, come into my life. Come in as my saviour to clean me. Come in as my Lord to lead me. And I will serve you all the remaining days of my life. Amen. So, this evening as we worship, just know that he's the hope giver. He's the unconditional lover of our souls. He's the one committed utterly to us that paid the ultimate price for us. And he's not walking away from, the, from his people, from the, those that he loves. He values us eternally. His forgiveness can be had eternally. And he can lift us up and give us hope, give us purpose, fill our lives with joy and meaning through life. Amen. Let's worship God together.
that your love will shine through them yeah. and that people going back to work, your love will shine through them as well. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh. <laughs> if you're new, we'd love to get to know you. If you could visit us, connection.